0: Um, But now, coming back to to Ben and Mika, um, I'm going to basically do commendations and exhortations, okay? So we preached through the book of 1 Thessalonians, I think a couple of years ago now, and it's a church where Paul started, he had to leave quickly, and he wondered what happened to the church, and he wrote a letter to them, commending them to so many good things. The church had flourished, even in the absence of its key leaders, and you see in these verses, verse 1 he writes to them and says "As Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. Can you say more and more? And then later on, it also says again, And in fact, you do love all of God's people throughout Macedonia, yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. So what I'm doing today is I'm commending Benamika to stuff you've done brilliantly and Jasper. And I want to urge you to do more and more, and I want to do the same with all of us here. Our vision as a church is to kind of it's to, to go into all nations, reaching, releasing, resourcing, pioneering other church settings like us. We're not just about here and now, we're about there and then as well. And uh, we believe that a church is not measured by its seating capacity, but by its sending capacity. Which means, I think, if you're a healthy church, you naturally send people. It should be normal part of your life DNA as a church. A Christian is someone who's had new birth in their life from Jesus, and they give new birth, both to your neighbors, to your neighborhoods, and to the nations. And the reason that's a big deal is when you get a picture in the Bible of what it will be like in the new heavens and the new earth, it says that there are people from every nation, tribe, and tongue having this joyous party, worshiping God, and Christ is not coming back until all those places have been reached. Now, the UK has kind of been reached in some ways, but you will have neighbors who have never been reached. Uh, and the kind of churches we enjoy and the values we enjoy, vibrant worship, where you're uncomfortable because you're provoked that people are so excited about Jesus and not uncomfortable because if you make a sound, you'll be out of place. It's full of life in many of the churches that we've enjoyed. But the Netherlands will have a mixture of that. They don't have the same heritage we have in our nation. And so Ben and Mika are going to go and do that. And so I want to commend them to four S's. It just happened as I thought of them. The S's came together. I don't force the alliteration. It just happens naturally. It must be an anointing or something like that. Um, Am I boomy, by the way? Or am I okay? Sound wise. Great. Perfect. So the first thing I want to commend you, Ben and Mika, for is savouring. Can you say savouring? So before I come on to much of what Ben and Mika do, and please hear when I say them, I'm speaking to us as well, is that they first and foremost clearly love Jesus. They are not duty-bound Christians. They are delight-filled Christians. You may not know them, but Ben's been an elder of the church and on the leadership team since the very beginning of this church. When my wife and I said yes to the Lord to come to Colchester, they were the first to say yes. In fact, they were the only ones committed. We moved from Kent to come here, and they said, We're coming. They weren't married at that stage and didn't have jobs or a home, and they said, We're coming. And Mika has been on staff and she's pioneered the, the student work here at Colchester. But even through all of those great things, what clearly stands out for them is that they have savored Jesus. Personally, some of my fondest memories are just worship nights where we just sit around together and we sing and we worship. And it's clear that they love Jesus. In Matthew 22, we read Jesus saying this about the greatest commandment. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and the greatest commandment so before anything else they have loved jesus brilliantly well done mika well done ben that's all right you can go i'll keep talking you can watch the watch the recording and so the question for us is is that the kind of love that you have for christ and if your answer is no it's not a condemnation thing it's an invitation to come to know this love has it maybe you've followed jesus faithfully for many years but There's a a lacking of life. The word savoring. Can you say savoring? You can't say it without a sense of anticipation, can you? You can't say savoring. It just doesn't work. You need a smile. Savoring. God's purpose for you is not to dutifully go to church and do the right things the rest of your life. God's purpose for you is to fall in love with Jesus Christ. And to have your heart so filled that when we come to sing worship like this, you can't help but just sing. Isn't he amazing? 55 years ago. 55 years of walking with Jesus and I'm not sure you'll find someone more vibrant in their affection for Jesus. It doesn't grow stale. It need not do so. You can savor Jesus and should more and more. It's like a relationship. The more you get to know him, the better he is. The better he is and the sweeter he is. So first of all, Benamika, well done for savoring Jesus. One of the things we will miss as a church is the infectious love of Christ that they have. And there are others who love Jesus like that, but let's do so, Redeemer, more and more. And it is why they are going to start a church. Because they love Jesus, and Jesus' bride is the... If you're new to Christianity, the Bible speaks about the church as the bride of Christ. So the church isn't some peripheral thing that God is doing in the earth. The church is the epicenter of what God is doing. I don't know if you've ever thought of the church like that. That's why people arrive here at 8 o'clock in the morning and give their lives to facilitating growing in community and why they meet during the week. Because Jesus, where destiny is going, is that the church and Jesus will be united in this beautiful, glorious end times wedding. I don't know if you've ever heard that about the church. Maybe you think, I go to church. No, you are the church, which means you are the bride of Christ. So when you think, how should I live?, Yes, there is a personal element in how do I honor Jesus. But the bigger element is, I am part of the bride of Christ. How do I become this beautiful bride of Jesus? So if you've ever thought the church is a casual add-on, uh-uh, that's not right from the Bible. Now, we've all been in Asper's Land. The church is not a Sunday gathering only. It's a significant part of it. The church is the community of the people. Right? So this isn't the church. We are the church. And the reason they're going to plant is because they love Jesus. They've got the first things right. We love to say this phrase at Redeemer, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord. Wherever you do it, do it strategically for the mission of God. And the mission of God in the world is to have a beautiful church. Now that starts obviously individuals getting saved, coming to know Jesus. But that's the mission of God and that's why they're going because they savor Jesus. Can you say savor? So secondly though, I want to commend you for serving, can you say serving? The more you say the Jesus, the more you become like Him. And Jesus came not to be served, not to be served, but to. If anyone ever deserved to be served, it was Him. But He laid that down, and He serves right now. So if you've come to church today, it's because Christ is serving you, and through His Spirit, putting life in you, and any desire, any inclination to Him. It says that He's now interceding on our behalf, but. Ben and Mika have served with great diligence. Can you say diligence? diligence? Diligence is persistent work. It's steady. It's earnest. It's energetic work. They have served with giving their lives. They have served by working out their calling, the gifts and shapes God's given them. They've served by taking responsibility. Okay, so they are 29, both 29. The world would say your 20s are the time to do one of two things live free of all responsibility, earn lots of money, travel, have fun, or work really hard and get up the ladder and make lots of money. They're 29, they've given their best years, the best are yet to come, but they've given their youngest, freest years to laboring and serving so that you and I can get to know Jesus more. So if you are 20 or 30, how do you view your life? Do you think these are years of doing what I want, going on all the beach holidays, spending all my money on what I want, just having no responsibility. Some of those are good. Enjoy those. If you ever plan to have kids, enjoy them before you have kids. All good. None of those things are bad in and of themselves. But the mindset's different. The mindset's different. And increasingly, we are living in a world that pushes maturing and growing up older and older. And we think, oh, it's okay. It's being young and free. Time is short, brothers and sisters. But also, when you serve Jesus, your life is enriched. Don't fall for the lie that the good life is not having responsibility and not being diligent and not serving God and getting free and wait until you grow up. Now grow up now into the things God has for you. Give your best years to this. Take responsibility. Take leadership. Ben's been a trustee, diligent service. For many years, there'll be heaps of things. They used to lead the worship team. They've stepped out, and they have served where there has been need, and they have served where their gifts are, and you and I are beneficiaries of that. So as I commend them, well done. It's the fruits of them loving Jesus. If you try to do that without loving Jesus, you will burn out, you'll fade out, you'll regret it, you'll be resentful. Love Jesus, and this flows from it. So I call us to continue. Let us keep serving christ one timothy four comes to mind when i think of you guys do not let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. those who are younger you don't have to wait and earn your stripes to serve jesus you can lead others by setting an example verse 13 until i come devote yourself to the public reading of scripture to preaching and to teaching do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Don't be casual about them. Be diligent. Full of life, but be deliberate in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them. It's not a sideshow. This is Paul writing to Timothy, but also to us as we outwork these things. So that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Well done. Benamika, Amika, I think you have worked out the scripture fruitfully and faithfully as you have served Jesus. Third commendation for you is stewarding. Can you say stewarding? stewarding? So serving, if you like, is giving yourself fully to them. Stewarding starts to unpack maybe a bit more of this diligence. Stewarding is thinking, God, how can I take care fruitfully and effectively that which you have given me? Your life is not your own. If you've not reconciled that as a Christian, there will be lots more frustration than you need in your life. You were bought at a price. It's a beautiful thing for me not to have to be in charge of my life. I love to come under the authority of Jesus Christ. To steward is to care for, as a parent, my children are not my own. As a Christian, you don't have children just to get that lovely feeling. It's a beautiful thing, and it's a nice thing. But we have children to obey God's command, which is to... Go forth, multiply, and subdue the earth. It's to extend the kingdom. It is the why behind everything we do. We don't have this little compartment. We think this or that or that in our lives. It's just something I do. No, our whole lives are given over to to Jesus. And it's not just biological children. It's any responsibility God has given us. These guys have stewarded well. They have been faithful with the little and the large. (laughs) Faithfulness with little and the unseen is a kingdom principle that leads to God entrusting you with more. So it says this in Luke chapter 16, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with little will be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Or in another translation, one who is faithful with very little is faithful in much. You have been faithful with very little. You've been faithful in unseen ways. I've experienced the confession and the repentance. They've been faithful with their heart. He who is faithful with little and the unseen and the natural is the one who God entrusts with more. It's just a spiritual principle and they have done that. So whatever context you find yourself in, are you being faithful with a little, even while yearning for more? Or are you resenting you don't have more and you're hoping it would just happen? There's nothing wrong with praying that God would do something supernatural. Provide for that need. Bring great healing to your body. God does that. He's merciful and kind. We don't necessarily deserve it. But if you want a lifelong trajectory of that, be faithful with God as having you. Be faithful in following Him. Do this and it will go well with you. It won't go easy. Going well and going easy are different things from a Christian perspective. Jesus never promises you an easy life, does he? If you've been told that being a Christian is easy, I'm sorry, that's not true. Jesus says, in this world you will have tribulation. I've heard Gene's story, 55 years. There's a lot of tribulation. I would commend the best use of an hour, two, three of your time. I think we have three hours, something like that going on. is To say, can I have a cup of coffee with you, Gene? And hear your story. Following Jesus doesn't mean no tribulation, but it means fullness of life. Fullness. And you have been faithful brilliantly, continuing the stewarding one. You have ultimately stewarded your hearts well. Um, there are bumps in the road, aren't there? Even with the best relationships and when things are going well, we've had to confess and repent to each other over the years and say sorry many, many times. And I've seen them do that in other ways. How are you stewarding your heart? It's probably, I would say, the biggest challenge for a Christian because Proverbs says that the heart is the wellspring of life. It also says hope deferred makes the heart sick. It also says desire fulfills the tree of life. How many people do you know oscillate like this in their lives? Who's been there? I've been. When things are going well, everything's going well, desire fulfills the tree of life, hope deferred makes the heart sick. How do you just live constantly? Above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. So how do you guard your heart? Well, I yearn for success, but my identity and my contentment is not attached to it. And I don't want trials, but if they come, I know Christ is sufficient. So I spend myself making sure that Jesus is everything to me. Then I can enjoy the successes even more because they don't have me. I just get to enjoy them. And the trials I can endure more fruitfully because Christ is my source. So if you have this oscillating in your life, we all do it seasons. Sometimes we try to get out of difficult circumstances when actually the very place that we could grow and find Jesus is in them. I think it's Spurgeon who said, God keeps the choicest wine in the cellars of affliction. Who's prayed more, fasted more, called out to God more when life has been really tough? than when it's been easy. And who's met Jesus and the sweetness of that before? The normality of easy life can dull our hearts. Sometimes we need trial. Other times success can distract us. Other times it can bring praise. So neither of those things are necessarily bad. I mean trials are not good, are they? But above all else God your heart. You have guarded your heart brilliantly, which means God has been able to entrust you, which God means God will entrust you all the more and it means I think we have benefited from that. As As those in the church, God says, these are people I can entrust to, whose life has been directly impacted by Ben and Mika in the room, in a significant way. Look at that. Mine mine too. Some of you don't necessarily know them. God has entrusted us to a part with them because they are trustworthy. Well done for savoring, for serving, and for stewarding. And finally, as we come to the last one, you've lived your lives as sent people. Can you say sent? there are many people and I've had long seasons in my life who think I love Jesus and I love worshipping him but I've never thought about others who don't know Jesus there's this phrase we love at Redeemer called community on mission can you say community on mission I think that's the best shortest summary of what the church should be that you can get some people think we've got to be community and become this nice cozy holy huddle and not be infected with the world so we can't get out there uh, that's not healthy, I don't think, because <laughs> that's not resembling Jesus. Others are like, it's all about mission. We need to go out there. Forget about being community. We can treat each other badly as long as people are coming to know Jesus. You think, well, what are you birthing them into if you don't have a healthy community? <laughs> and actually, Jesus says, a healthy community reflects who he is. I mean, God is a community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I think the best description of a church is a community on mission. I like, a bit like an ambulance. <laughs> you get cared for, but we're still moving. <laughs> you get cared for, but we're still going to rescue other people. We're not just about us in this room, but we don't negate that. We think this is hugely important. So we invest time into deliberate relationships with each other. So when people come into the community, they look and they say, well, why would you know each other? I mean, look around the room for a moment. Where else would you be in a context of intentional community with other people in the room? Some of you are like, yeah, definitely not. Others are like them. Some would. But it's only because of Jesus, isn't it? And that speaks volumes to people. So Ben and Mika, you have savored Jesus. You have served Christ. You have stood well and you have lived as sent people. John chapter 10 kind of sums up this community on mission, which I think you have lived out. John chapter 10 says this. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. You see that community? Know Christ. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep, Jesus then says, well, this is a nice, cozy picture. He says, but I have other sheep that are not on the sheep pen. I must bring them also. (laughs) That's the mission of Jesus. Community, know me. Let's have deep energy. But there are others who need to know Jesus as well. And that is why our mission statement would be that we lead people to discover fullness of life in Jesus by helping them find (coughs) find and follow him. That's why we do it, because Christ is everything. And so, as we kind of come, I I won't be much longer. We'll we'll have communion a bit. We're going to have some time to pray for the men. We'll be coming back to worship. These are four things I just want to say well done. Better Mika, you have done brilliantly in them. You've laid a deposit in this church. And we trust you'll go and do it again and again and again. And so now I turn in some part. I know I've referred to us as well. So... Last week, we had Walter speaking, and he talked about how we give our all to Christ, break the piggy bank. If you weren't here, you can watch the video, smash the piggy bank here. And he talked about how we break open kind of the aroma of Christ as we give our all to him. And so, again, I want to charge me and us at Redeemer. This is a new season for us, second week here. I don't know how long we'll be. i look around. We can put out a good number more chairs and move things around and use the stage. But it's not about the size, it's about the people who can come in to this church. And I want to commend to you to savor Jesus. It's beautiful worshipping Jesus, isn't it? Even just now, let's just invite the Holy Spirit. Just a pause in what we're doing. God's in it all. And if you think, I don't even know if Jesus is real or this is all a bit weird for me, just be still. And why don't you just say, God, if you're there, Come and do a new thing in my heart. Make known yourself to me. Jesus, as we take this next step in the journey, as Ben and Mika take their next step, this deposit that they've helped lay of savoring Jesus, we just invite you, Lord, and say we want to be a people who savour you. We want to be delight-fueled, not duty-driven only. You just, in your own way, just express your savoring of Jesus. Might want to start praying, or just take a few minutes. Precious to us, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you you've been there every moment, attentive and caring. Thank you when we've pushed you away, you've pursued us. We love you, Lord. We cherish you. The Bible says that there's this invitation, come all who are thirsty, come drink, and rivers of life will fill you. Bible invites you to feast on that which money cannot buy. Come Holy Spirit and flood every heart in this room. We love people saying, I received a good welcome. We love people saying it was vibrant. We love people saying the kids' work was great. We love people saying it was fun. But we long in the midst of that everyone to say, God's in that place. Those people really love Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And then would you freshly commend yourself to the Lord to serve him. Um, and that's a heart posture, first and foremost, before a function. It's just a heart that says yes to the Lord as the prophetic group came They've been praying for you, serving us this week. And they're just saying, yes, Lord, going to step out, going to do these things. My heart's yours. I wonder, just in your own way. And the way God works is in this moment, the Holy Spirit comes and he puts his finger on things in our heart. And he kind of knocks on the, your heart and says, you know, that's an area where you've not given it over to me. And so just now, we just say yes to the Lord. It's the best thing. Just decide today to always say yes to Jesus. And Lord, as a church, we say yes to giving away people. We will miss Ben and Mika. Lord, we will miss their laughter. We will miss their fun. We will miss their singing. We'll miss their serving of us. But Lord, we say yes. You're clearly in this. We say yes. We say yes to all that you have for us, Lord. We say yes to stopping that. We say yes to doing that. We will be a people, Lord, who serve you. What else can we do when you've won our hearts, Lord? And then stewarding what are the things God's laid on your hearts what are the things that he's put before you sometimes it's not mystery there's enough good things that God's called us to to fill our day with it's serving whoever's in front of you whatever. but there's also a point we think God what have you entrusted me with how have you made me are you stewarding your life well are you stewarding the freedom you have to read the Bible without persecution are you stewarding the opportunities with your friends and neighbours that God's given you are you stewarding your thought life well? Are you stewarding your heart well and forgiving and not being embittered? Are you stewarding your suffering well and entrusting God in the pain? Just, Lord, we ask for help. <laughs> but we, we can't do these things well, but we trust you've given us a new heart, a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. Lord, you've transferred us from the domain of darkness to the domain of light to the kingdom of your son whom you love. You've given us everything we need for life and godliness. Lord, you will always provide a way out for us to say no to temptation. You've given of your Holy Spirit this down payment of heaven with life in our hearts. We long to steward all that you've entrusted as a church. Lord, we long to steward these lives that we've entrusted to each other we long to share the opportunities you've given us. Help us, Holy Spirit. And then, as we come to an end, sent. Do you live your life as a sent one? Do you view yourself as a sent one, <laughs> or as a settled one? The best is a settled person who lives their life sent. I mean, I, I, are you, are you building your kingdom? And the only thought is, how can I get to this place? Or are you building His kingdom and saying, I'm all yours? How can I build Your kingdom? The two, praise God, often align because the way he's made you, you're most fruitful, can be his kingdom. Do you ever ask this question? Christians are good at the magnet verse. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord. Anyone got that on their fridge or a sticker somewhere? It's a good one. Very few of us say, well, we'll do it somewhere strategic for the mission of God. That might be a job. That might be a neighbor you really don't want to talk to. That might be a habit. You want to start developing. It might be paying more for a haircut. So you go to the same barber every week so you can witness to them. Whatever it might be. Lord, we invite you. We, uh, if this is true of you, commend yourself with me. Lord, we want to live as sent people. Lord, we have to, yes, in all these things, give ourselves to you. We know that this life, you know, the dash of your life is very short. You know that? Your date of birth, 1981, whatever it is, to whenever the Lord takes me to glory. The dash is really, we're living in the dash. You know that? everyone's tombstone will have a start and finish date. And compared to eternity, it's nothing. It's like a vapor in the wind, isn't it? We'll live for eternity. This this life is really short. That's why the Bible says crazy things like our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. It's not making light of our troubles. But compared to that, compared to the eternity of, Of this glory that we will receive. Compared to that, the dash of life is light and momentary. Hey, Redeemer, will we as a fresh give ourselves to being a sense people? Community or mission. Not taking casual community. Deliberately seeking out new faces. Welcoming people across the threshold of our doors and in our lives. And will we do so in a way when we look at our calendar, we think, how can we reach people? So I wonder if the worship team can come up, please. We're going to come back and we're going to give us fully to Jesus. At the end, we're going to pray for Ben and Mika as they go. But we're also going to pray for others who are leaving us for, I was going to say the last time, who are leaving us, I guess, for the first time or the second. It's nice to have some friends back today who have left. Doreen. Hi, Doreen was with us for, for many years. Anyone else visiting? Who's left and come back? Yeah, some folks. And who else is leaving today or next week? The last few weeks of with us, or soon, Sarah. let your last your last Sunday with us today. Come on, stand up. Hold on, hold on. You don't know what I'm going to say yet. Or you can stand up. Sarah, you're leaving super soon. Let's have you standing up. Anyone else? Who else is on their way? Sarah, when do you go? September. That's a, so we're going to pray for these these folks. They're going to be moving on from us. Wesley's graduating this year, but he's hoping to stay around. So, if you can get Wesley an accounting job, please do. We'd love him to stay. Um, And Lydia's here. Lydia, stand up. Give us a wave. So, Lydia's coming to study from uh, the church in Stockholm that I served recently. Lots going on in church Love. We want to send people well. We want to bless you as you go. We're going to bless Ben and Mika in a little bit. But I wonder if you'll stand with me today through the lens of Ben and Mika. It's all about... Jesus, and so I hope you've got a little communion cup with you. Feel free to sit if you, if you want to. We're going to have communion. If you don't have a communion cup and you'd like to join in, just lift your hand, and Wes and Anne will come. If you're not a Christian, this is something that the Bible calls Christians to do. We do not believe this is the body and the blood of Jesus in the sense that it physically transforms, but we do believe in faith. As we partake of these, we are partaking of Christ in our hearts. It's just a focus, even as we always do. So you might want to just peel the top it off to get to the to the wafer. So the Bible says this is what Jesus did when he was at a dinner reclining with his disciples. He says, "Do this in remembrance of me." So we we're remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. And in the life of Ben and Mika and others here, we've tasted something of the life that Christ gives. The biggest legacy they've left in my life is that I've seen Jesus in a deeper and richer way because of them. The Bible also says that we proclaim something. So we're proclaiming today through the broken body. Christ's body wasn't broken, but he said, this is my body, broken for you at the Last Supper, in the sense of the pain the physical turmoil and torment that he went through. He was whipped, crown of thorns, his blood was shed. We we proclaim the death of Jesus for you to cleanse you of all your sins. So if you got a guilty conscience today, there is no need, because Christ can wash it away. It also then says we do this until he comes again. So we proclaim something. We proclaim His resurrection, because he's coming again, which means he's not dead. And the return of Jesus. So, Lord, as we walk into this next chapter of church, last week we heard about the lady who broke the perfume and the aroma of Christ spread out. She gave her all. And now we remember that you gave your all. And we say, our giving all, our giving that which is precious to us, Ben and Mika, We trust we'll fill the earth with the aroma of Jesus. We'll fill Colchester. We'll fill Buers and wherever else you're from. We'll fill Nymer, Lord, with the aroma of Christ. But we remember you, Jesus. I want to break the way for him. In faith, just say, Lord, I, I feed on the bread of life. You're my everything. And then as we drink the wine, the the juice, we are remembering how in the Bible it speaks of blood, speaking this new covenant, this new promise, this new way of relating with God that's based on what he's done, not what we do, but we trust in him. And so Jesus, we say our lives are all yours. Don't do this flippantly. I want you to think about it. Just say, they're all yours no matter what the cost. We're going to come back and sing and make much of Jesus. At the end of our service, Ben and Mika will be hanging around as much as Jasper allows, that we might be able to pray for them. I'd love you to pray for them, even if it's 30 seconds, hand on the shoulder. Pray for Essay. I think we'll take the chance today for Sarah, if that works. Pray for you, but on your last weeks, we'll pray for you. Essay, I think it's your last one. Pray for you today. And if you want prayer for anything else, (laughs) just ask someone you came with. No, come and find me. I would love to pray with you. If you don't know who, don't have a relationship with Jesus, and you'll say, I thought I knew God, but this is all so much deeper and richer than I've ever imagined. I'd love to speak with you as well. Jesus, we make much of you. We savor you. And now with our praise, we serve you. (laughs) We will use our voices. And our bodies to serve you by blessing you. Lord, we will sure the grace you've given us, Lord, by turning it back to praise. And we will live set, Lord, in praying for and giving our lives for those who don't know you. For you came to seek and save the lost. Amen.